0: Get blown out for <laughs> second night in a row. Uh, that one was hard to watch. I think I was being a little bit too competitive on wanting us to beat Donovan. And they're a good team, man. They are better than I actually thought. Um, I don't know if they'll they'll come out of the East, but um, their second best defense in the league, I think Milwaukee was the first... First-ranked defense in the league, and uh, it showed. It definitely showed. Uh, We, I think, we have a great offense. I think we're ranked number four. But when people turn it up on us and really try and lock us down and get into us, um, we struggle. And that's a lot. What playoff basketball is going to be like. So, um, I don't know. This team, these games, I think, are good for this team to. Realize, oh, shoot, like, we we have another aspect of the game to to learn, and we need to learn how to become tough and mentally tough, especially when people are in you. I mean, that's, that's a lot of mental toughness as well, not letting it affect you. Uh, Donovan just came out, looked like he wanted to rip our throats off right from the get-go, and uh, he did. And had he played more minutes, I think he would have – Had a much bigger stat line than he did. He finishes with, let me pull this up here, 23. Uh, He shot really efficiently as well. 66% from the field, 80% from three-point line. And uh, ironically enough, I thought the player that guarded him the best, which he didn't guard him nearly enough, was... None other than number eight, Vanderbilt. I I I feel like there's times where Vanderbilt's pretty ineffective and lost on defense, but I think that's one spot he could have helped tonight is either guard Garland or Mitchell, uh, and and make them uncomfortable with his length. Um, as far as Lowry marketing, like there were some positives in his game, even though we got blown out. Lowry drops twenty four. I felt like that was his most. Aggressive game in a jazz uniform. Uh, I think he took it a little personally, especially especially before the first half was ending. He goes coast to coast, dunks it. Uh, it just felt like he was attacking the rim a little harder and wanting to dunk the basketball instead of fading away. And I really like that. I, I tweeted out at one point, if Lowry can just go back and watch his highlights <laughs> on repeat, I, he, he might realize how dominant of a player he can be. I don't think he realizes how good he can be. Um, and I wish someone on the coaching staff or training staff would just kind of shake him and, and, you know, tell him, like, you need to take more shots. He took, I know there was a little debate in our group chat whether he should be taking more shots or Clarkson. So he shoots, tw- shoots 12 from the field, six three-pointers compared to Clarkson's 21 and six from the three-point line. Uh, And and he scored one more point. So I think it's evident who needs to shoot more. Um, I want to dive into Jordan Clarkson talk a little bit more and um, yeah, how important Olenek is to our offense. Obviously, this was one of the first games I think he was out, and it was evident that... He helps our offense move, spaces the offense. I know I'm always hard on Olenek, but I think it helped me become more of a fan of him, just realizing what he provides to our team. Uh, I don't think he's an important piece moving forward, but as far as the state that we're in right now, um, I think he's a, he's an important piece, so... Um, I'm going to turn the mic over to Kevin, and then, uh, Tevin, welcome back, bro. If you want to go ahead and uh, request to speak, either one of you, uh, go ahead. So, Kevin, mic's all yours, bro.
1: Bro, I I don't want to toot my own horn, but this game made me look like a genius. (laughs) (laughs) I've been telling, like, we, we talked about this last week. Um, The reason Bando looks so crappy on defense is because he doesn't get to guard smaller guards. When he guards people his own size or smaller, he is a good defender. Yeah. But when he's constantly guarding big forwards and centers, he can't match up against them. It's one of the things I get so frustrated against. Like, I understand he can guard the four and the five, but he's not an elite defender at the four and the
0: five. No.
1: I don't even know that he's an elite defender against the two and the three, but I think he is a high-level defender at the two and the three. I think he's and a, a
0: he, high-level on-ball defender.
1: Yeah, 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 and so I think we really got to see that tonight against some, I would say, some premier offensive scorers, the two, the three, and even the one, and I think, he, I think we saw him perform very well, and so I was really excited to kind of see him, I know I give him such crap, but I think defensively he looked really good tonight. Um, so, first point there. Second, the Cavaliers had zero desire to guard and tonight. I'm glad he had a great game, but they didn't even try to guard him tonight. How many open threes did he get? I mean, the guy gets a rebound and goes coast to coast, and then he even attempt to stand in front of him.
0: Yeah, like, that might have been part of their plan, too, uh, you know, because... He hasn't well, when you're performed up
1: twenty since the first quarter, you don't really have to play. Yeah. Defense.
0: But I mean that might have been the game plan from the start. Let Lowry get his by the fourth quarter, he'll wear he'll he will wear out because he's done it in other games, and that might have been part of the scouting report. Just hey, Larry might have a big first half, first three quarters, but uh it, even if it is a close game, he's not gonna be able to have the energy to pull it out by himself.
1: And then kind of the last thing I want to touch on before I let you kind of keep rolling on with the the cast here and maybe get into some other stuff is I think the point you made is, is this kind of, I think, was a little indicative of what we can expect in the playoffs. And unless some things change, this is what is going to happen to us if we get in the playoffs. Oh yeah. We're gonna get. We're gonna get straight run right out of the building, whether it's home or away, and and I know you all like to give me a hard time about my tanking perspective, but this is kind of why I have this perspective because I I just don't want to lose by fifteen plus four straight games in a row in the first round and have a top have a above a fifteen round pick. Like I just I just don't want that to happen because I, I feel like that we don't move forward. I'm not move forward, but I, I just don't I feel like it's a waste of a season if that happens. So that's where I'm really hoping that we we move some pieces and we do something because I think when teams actually bring their a game like Cleveland did tonight, I think this happens more often than not. I think if if I, I know we kind of got in this argument a couple weeks back, that you know there were some injuries and we've had some injuries but i really do think that there's been a conscious effort not to for teams not to play their a game against us this season and i think if teams i mean we are five games out of being like five more losses this season and and we have a, a, a we're in like argument for like a top five pick and i think if teams play their top uh, lineup against us in all the games this season. I, I mean, I easily think there's four, three to four games, extra games we lose this season. So, But I don't know because you have New Orleans that we show up against three times this season and the only thing they're missing is Ingram. And the, every time it was legit, it was injury. Other than that, they bring their A game. So I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but... Um, I just I don't know. I, I think our I think our record is much better than what the team really is.
0: Yeah, and uh, Kevin Kevin loves games like this. Kevin absolutely loves games like this. And honestly, I think uh, if more games happen like this, more of us will will actually think like Kevin. Um, I. Uh, it's hard to say that I don't want to make the playoffs because for me as a fan, I just, you know, if we can make it to the playoffs, and even if we lose, like just making it to the playoffs when we were supposed to be terrible, I think would be kind of fun. Um, but it's going to depend on matchups if we even have a chance because if we match up against a team that's defensively good, like that's, that's really what wins in, in the playoffs in my opinion. Um, you can have good games and shoot really good uh, and outscore teams, but when it comes down to it, each team's going to get tired. Oh, Don- do we want to hear Donovan's interview? What do you guys think? I'm, I'm a little, let, let's do it. Let's do it.
2: It's, it's, it's different when you play against like your friends, you know, when you guys you've
0: been a lock with, battled with. Um, you know, I got a lot of respect for everybody in that locker room and for myself just to come out, set it to But understand it's basketball, man, and have fun and not overdo it and just enjoy it. Enjoy it.
1: You know, Mike, there's an interesting. Wow, year that was because it. so many
3: players left the Jazz who had been here for a while.
0: That was.
3: It?
0: What? It's different playing against your friends, blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. So.
1: A single friend on the floor. Ain't nobody like him after what he had to say about them. In that article
0: Clarkson likes him, they were all dapping it up after the game, but uh that's what I want to get into is we were talking about trading Clarkson during the group chat during the game, and I was thinking about it because like I love Clarkson, I still do. He was a great fit with last year's team in that group for the last couple of years. Um, I just think his role was a six man. He didn't have to make many decisions. It was go in, shoot the ball, score. And with this team, he, he's in charge of making a lot more decisions, and he's not very good at making good decisions. Uh, the first half, he came down, you know, it's like, okay, we got to stop. Maybe we can get some momentum and just chucks it up. And it's like, man, why, why not run a play and try and get Lowry a touch? Because Lowry makes good decisions. If he's double teamed or not going to get a good shot, he usually passes it to the open guy. And, um, yeah, I'm starting to think I, I like Clarkson and would like him to get on a team that he can flourish like he did with last year's team and be that guy again because he has had a streaky career. I think he's had his best career moments here in Utah. Oh, coach is on. This is way more important. Here we go.
2: Shot the ball unbelievably well from all three levels of the court. Um, They played with with great tempo. They bothered us with their physicality in the first half, which is what got us behind the eight ball tonight. Um, I think our team approached the second half the right way. The game is tough when you don't make open shots which I think tonight when we did generate good looks we didn't make any of them Um, you know I thought for the most part we continued to compete with 15 offensive rebounds and forced 22 turnovers we just never seemed to catch any type of a rhythm on the offensive end and the times that we did make runs uh, Cleveland answered and they played great that's a very good team that we just played and It's a great opportunity for our team to continue to learn Um, when we do play teams that are bigger and more physical than we are, ways that we need to adapt to the game. So the good news is these games only count as one. And like I said to you guys after our last game, it's never as bad as it feels. And it's our job to strip away the emotion, try to learn from this game, because we play again tomorrow. What have you learned just having to face the top two defenses, Raleigh? Yeah, I I really don't get into much the fact that they're the top two defenses. I think it's how they play defense. They're just big and physical, and I don't think that we've had the necessary um, approach to the little things offensively things as simple as fighting for your space when you want to get a catch, um, sprinting to screen, bending your knees when you go to set a screen so that you can actually make contact and get your teammates open. Teams that are big and physical like this, they expose that when you don't do it. We can't just use all speed against them. You have to buckle down and be physical on the offensive end. I think When physicality is talked about generally in a basketball game, people think of rebounding and defense and those moments. But you have to be very physical in the NBA on the offensive end when you play defenses like the Cleveland Cavaliers. So um, I thought in the first half we did not do that consistently enough. I also thought there were moments where we got four or five great looks from three in a row and didn't make any of them. So it's both things are true. You can miss good looks, and you cannot have the attention to the details offensively. And I think that these last two games have shown us that when teams do have a significant size advantage on us, we really have to be more cognizant of the little things to help each other create good shots because we don't have one player that we rely on to just break the defense down on their own. We have to help each other generate good shots. We've got Lowry, though. For the majority of this season, we've done that, and that's why our offense has been top five in the NBA. But um, we can't have slippage in those areas after we play a couple of good games uh, and then you go up against good defenses. How much did you uh, miss Kelly's ability to play above the people. Yeah, Kelly's a big part of our team. He's a very versatile player, presents a matchup problem in a lot of ways because small guys struggle with his size and the bigger guys tend to struggle with the fact that he can space the floor and he's very skilled. So, um, obviously, you know, we love when Kelly plays for us, but every night in the NBA is different and you're never going to have 82 games of perfect health. And so, it's on us as a group to adapt for people to step up when they get opportunities for us to be able to play some different lineups because you can't bet on perfect health and you know kelly has shown a lot of toughness this year he's played through a lot of bumps and bruises so far and you know he just couldn't go tonight so i think it's it's always nice when he plays, but in no way am I looking at this game or our staff will look at this game and say, oh, well, if we had had Kelly, it would have been different. You know, we have to approach the game with who we have and try to learn from it. On the other end of the floor, you think Objection leading the witness. Uh, I, I thought it was terrible. I mean, they got where they wanted to go. They made a lot of tough shots, but they also had, you know, 10 or 11 dunks. I think their physicality around the basket bothered us. I think we've talked about, you know, Walker continuing to grow in those areas when he's on the ball. I thought there were some plays where Jared Allen was just really physical and kind of pushed him out of the way and was able to finish. So the. There were a lot of loud baskets. You know, they have very talented players. Donovan's an incredible player. Darius is an incredible player. Chetty Osman had an amazing game shooting the ball. So, again, it it felt worse than maybe it actually is. I'll have to go back and watch the film. But our physicality on the ball just wasn't good enough. Um, If you let good players like that get into a rhythm, you leave yourself susceptible to them hitting tough ones after they've seen a few go in which I think happened tonight so I'm more concerned with the physical plays around the basket than I am with the jump shots that were made and I think as a team we have to continue to grow in that area it's not You know, I mentioned Walker, but it's not just about Walker. It's about our whole team. We have to continue to improve in those physical aspects of our defense. Um, You know, you end up looking at it, and they scored four more points in the paint than we did, but I think it's how they scored those points in the paint, getting all the way on the basket, the 10 or 11 dunks. Transition was a huge part of those points in the paint. You know, they they really played off their defense and any time that we fell asleep they ran out and got a layup. You know, Coro got the one early off a free throw, got another one late in the first half. So, you know, they did a great job of attacking us in a variety of ways tonight. It wasn't one thing that beat us, it was a combination of a lot of different things. <laughs>
3: Chance fall to the Cavaliers tonight, the but Lauren
2: Barker leading all scorers with 24 coast to coast and kisses it off the glass.
0: Discovery Gateway Children's Museum uses their. Uh, I don't even. I, the one thing that stood out to me, what Coach said, was loud baskets. Uh, there definitely were some loud baskets. And I know I'm so hard on number eight. Poor little fella. But uh, (laughs) there were two really loud baskets because of bad decisions. Uh, One of them, he came down and just threw the ball up. And I feel like our transition defense is bad, but it's even worse when we take bad shots because most of our team isn't expecting that the shot's going to go up and then the team rams it down our... Throw it on the other end. Uh, it was the big dunk by the kid, Okoro or something. Um, but those those are the the ones that stood out to me. Once, I mean, once we hit third quarter, I was like, uh, and then fourth quarter hit, and I, I totally tuned out. I think there were good moments with Kessler. I loved how he left him in and was trying to give him a, a learning moment. The incredible splits done by Tht. And then he, you know, basically was on his knee and threw the ball up into the hoop. Um, marketing had a great game, and hopefully that that confidence leads into the next game. But I want to go over to another speaker. We've got JC's drip. Uh, I'd like to hear from you on what you think um, about Jay's, JC. I know it's easy to have one bad game and then get down on players or point fingers at players, but. Uh, What's your feel with JC? Obviously, uh, he—I wouldn't say. Well, he's had games where he struggles. But what's what's your opinion as far as that goes? Um, hang on. Who just? Who just? Was that new you, new Kevin?
1: Newton no, on New Wave just uh, requested he's connected.
0: Oh, okay. We'll go. We'll go to him first. He's been on here before. Yeah. Go ahead, man.
1: He's still connecting. Oh. You know, J.C. Drip mm. just dropped. Maybe he mm. was having a hard time with mm. You know, my and back to your point before we went to coach, just to talk about J.C., I love his game, and I think he's got a great game. He just has, in my mind, it's just not built to be a starter uh, because when you are a mass shooter like that and you're going to shoot, that many shots and you're not efficient um you're taking shots away from people who are more efficient it's okay to do that when you're the best player on the floor yeah um when you're with the starters you're just you're not the best player on the floor unfortunately and uh and you know nothing against jc i love him um he uh You can't just, you know, after being this guy for what? This is, what, his ninth year in the league, I think, maybe? Ninth?
0: Yeah. You can't be that that. guy
1: for for nine years and then just ask him to switch in one season. You know, maybe if we do this for a couple years, he could be a facilitator, a passer, and could really do this, but I think uh, it's going to take time to get there. Um, he can't just magically start seeing the floor a different way than he has for the first nine years of the league. So right. I mean I, I'd really like to see him I'd really like to see him get to the bench and, and maybe see Beasley get some minutes and um and see Beasley just jack up some good threes, but I don't know, Beasley was looking dumb tonight too, so I don't know if I wanna see that either.
0: Yeah, it was at one point I'm like, Well, you know, just put in all our three point shooters and see if we can make some type of comeback. Um, but that's that's the problem with this team is we love the three point uh, the three point line and it it's great when we're hitting them. Um, obviously, when we're not, it just seems like we struggle to try to do something else. Like it, it <laughs> and that's what I said last last podcast is if Beasley wants to become the true all star that he says he wants to, he's got to learn to drive and score in other positions and that's really what Donovan's become so good at um and Donovan man he's a great player he just is and and he was here I think he's playing way above um what he was here as far as well as far as everything (laughs) let's just be honest he's playing yeah he's playing he's having fun uh you know, he's got a new girlfriend. He's in a new city. It, you know, everything is awesome when it's new. It's like moving into a new house, right?
1: It's not. But it's not even that. It's, it's He now has all the knowledge and experience that he's gained from the last three years, and he's playing at the energy level he did his rookie and sophomore year. You know, if he if had played last year with the energy that he had his rookie sophomore year, we'd have seen the same thing.
0: Yeah, (laughs) yes. Well, I was making the analogy. It's like moving into a new house, right? Like everything seems way better in a new house because it's newer, it's bigger. It has things that you didn't want. But as you live in the house, you start realizing things that you wish you still had, um, maybe a different neighborhood. And I think that Donovan will come to that realization of how good it was here in Utah really i don't think fans treated him that bad i don't think fans treated him that bad i think what happened is he got on social media and there's you know certain fans that just say whatever the hell they want on social media and twitter and whatever and so i think i think that was weighing on him you know he he's he's a kid like he he's he really is a kid he's a 25 year old kid uh, making lots of money has a shoe deal uh basically has the the world in the palm of his hand and it was weighing on him. And so I think it was good for both of us. Uh, I don't really condone the remarks that he's been having. I think he's taken, he's saying it in a way that is like socially acceptable, but also jazz fans are reading between the lines and seeing that it's kind of, kind of taking jabs at Utah. I also think part of it is He's bitter towards Danny Ainge. I think there may have been part of him that wanted to stay here. And from my understanding, there was a falling out between him and Danny Ainge, um, maybe in the offseason. And so when Danny Ainge came out with the remarks, you know, this team just didn't trust each other, uh, that, that could have hurt Donovan think, too, right? I don't
1: think it was Danny. I think it's Justin. I think that there was an agreement in place that he was going to get to go to New York and um, Danny nixed it. Yeah. And he didn't get to go to New York. And I think that that's where the feeling hurt (laughs) because when, when he was on sports center and he was getting interviewed by um, what's her name? Um, She asked him, you know, how close was, you know what? He's like, well, there's things behind the scenes that I can't tell you about it, but you know, it was really close. Like, yeah. I can tell you, it was really close. Like, I think
0: he thought he was going to New York. For and sure. Was basic, and he, he didn't get to go to New York like he wanted to. So, um, you know, like any spoiled child, <laughs>
1: he uh, he got his feeling here. But, you know, I'm going to stop you there because um, we did finally get connected to New Wave, and I'm going to give him a second to, to get uh, his thoughts out there. So go ahead and come off mute
3: and, and give us your thoughts. Yeah, so <clears throat> I think with the whole Donovan thing, I don't know if it's as much as like him being a spoiled child or anything of the sort. I think he is a young man, and he really wants to make a change, and I applaud him for that. That's a fantastic, you know, fantastic standpoint. He has a huge platform. He wants to make a change, and that's really awesome. I think what ruined Utah for him was that whole thing with he... Wanted to talk to our like like our Senate representatives and our House representatives about certain things that he like his viewpoints when we have an extremely conservative and Mike Lee and all that and like our local government, like our governor's conservative, our like all of them are conservative, which I don't want to get into whole politics talk, but I I think that's a lot of what ruined it because they kind of said, no, put him in his place and then kind of went, did that kind of ruin that? We did have a few racial nonsense with fans, with like the Russell Westbrook thing and everything else while he was here. I don't think it's fans as a whole. I think he just kind of broke it down into certain, he kind of left it open and vague and that kind of seems like it only happens in Utah, and it doesn't only happen in Utah. I am not conservative, and I really love living here, and it's it's a fantastic place. He just had a few hiccups, and you know, crappy things happen to him. Crappy things happen everywhere, and I think the media kind of just took this and ran with it, and kind of made made it a whole thing. <laughs> you yeah. know, because he's like, we're we're playing him again for the first time, and. I don't know it like they this was like a weird like we're going to interview him right before he plays Utah again which (laughs) makes sense but like it's also like everyone knows that Utah is like a red state our politician a lot most of our politicians are conservative and you know it's just not something that in my opinion it's not something that doesn't happen almost everywhere else.
1: Yeah, from what from what I was reading um, on Twitter, um, that article was actually written several weeks ago, and it was held to run just before the game.
3: Uh, Oh,
0: wow! They probably got a juicy a juicy answer and like let's wait right before to to get more clicks. And and
1: please, please take that. That's what they do. That's what they do. Please take that with a grain of salt. I can't verify my sources. It was just something I read on Twitter. Could have been complete bullcrap what they said, but um, there was a couple of people who did um, say with inside information that it was um, that Donovan did sit down and do the interview two weeks ago. Um, and I don't know how long it takes to produce an article from an interview, so maybe that is the natural timeline to do that. So I'm not in that industry, so I don't know that, but um, it did seem a little convenient that it, it happened to run the day of, of the game. So,
0: of course. Well, um, it, it's it's fun to to compete against Donovan. It's really weird watching him in another jersey. Uh, it, I had the thought, man, he you know when he's not on your team, he's really annoying. One of those players where it's just you you and you enjoy watching him. He's entertaining, but at the same time, it's like, gosh, dude, he, he just does the most annoying things to get fouls like, called like
3: that, and but infinitely better.
0: Yeah, but and it's smart, right? Like, he's trying to win the game. It's smart on his part, but at the same time, when he's not on your team, it's just, to me, it was annoying. Uh, and I'm glad that Lowry had a few dunks, and there were there were some moments to, like, feel like we had uh, good moments as Jazz fans. Um, I know that...
1: Before we yeah, yeah. shift gears too far, I know that you've got some listeners all over the U.S., and I know you've got some international listeners, and I just want to make really clear that donovan was really good for the utah community and that he did do a lot of outreaching and stuff like that and i do have some personal friends that um actually have had some really awesome experiences with donovan where donovan has helped um their kids who um, are not as fortunate as as some of the um you know other kids in the community where he's he's donated um sports equipment um to to their community and stuff like that so I, i don't want to on this podcast to paint a picture that donovan doesn't um give to the community or appreciate um utah and whatnot because when he was there he was very kind he was very giving uh he was out in the community he was helping he was supporting um, i have a lot of respect for him and his willingness to help and work hard with the community and whatnot and so i just want to make sure um i know that it is frustrating um some of the things that were said but when he was here um he was awesome and I respect him 100%, and I'm really yeah. glad for everything that he did while he was here, and I just want to make sure that I call that out because I think it's really important um, because he is a high-character guy, or at least he was while he was here, and I really did appreciate all the stuff that
3: he did. So, Oh, can I uh, can I ask you guys a question really quick as far yeah. as, like, uh, so we're pretty far into the... How, how much do you guys keep up with, like, this is the first year in I don't know how long that I've actually been keeping up with draft prospects. How, how much have you guys been keeping up with that? A lot. I'm very heavily researched into it
1: as a uh, tanker.
0: As a tanker. Yeah. <laughs> what I questions do you really have about around I the draft? Cause like, morning. <laughs> yeah, it's Saturday there was some really good games as far as college. And uh, I paid attention to a few players. I know there's been different mock drafts coming out. Um there's another Twitter account that basically every day says, you know, if if the draft were today, here's where the Jazz would land. Uh so it's it's fun to watch as like a, another part of the season, but yeah, what what's your question as far as the draft goes?
3: So we have three picks. Um We can, like, aside from probably top two where, you know, obviously Scoot is going to, Wimby is going number one. There's no question about that. Um, We are, we have three picks. So we can literally draft up to any point except for probably the top two. And I do firmly believe we will get our number one in this draft. It's Will Hardy's first year this year. Will Hardy's going to be a better coach next year. I have full faith in Will Hardy because, I don't know, you can see you can see things in Will Hardy already that, like, Quinn Snyder never really had. Um, he probably gives me more hope than most of the players we have because it's kind of nice to see somebody that's not just, like, a stick-to-the-book like, this is what I'm going to do. These are my rotations. I will never part from my rotations. It's kind of nice to see, like, uh, you see a little bit of Jerry Sloan in him, which is cool. He gets animated, and, and, it's, and he starts, you know, he screams at players. Um, but if, any, if you could draft anybody next year, aside from one and two, where obviously we'll, we won't get there even with all three picks, who would you take? Well, first off, to answer your question, I don't think Scoot is a lock for two.
1: Um, I think Amir Thompson is making a really hard push for number two, I think, with his size and length.
0: Yeah, I'd almost rather have him, to be um, honest.
1: Um, Eamon Thompson. Hey, Sorry, sorry, thank you. Eamon Thompson, um, with his size and length and um, the fact that he is progressively showing that his shot is coming around, um, I don't know that he pushes Scoot off two, but... Um, Scoot started off really hot with his three-point shooting and then starting to cool off and he's starting to look more like he did last season, which was very abysmal. And uh, if he can't stay in that 30 to 40% range, I think it could really hurt his stock. Um, And he's a little bit undersized and the NBA values that size. So to that point, I'm not sure that he's such a lock at number two. With that said, if we fall, it's really tough if we fall. So I think your top five are going to be um, I think your top four are gonna be Amir. Uh, sorry, Amen. Um, Wimby, Amir is
0: like a Scoot. combination of both the twins' names. Yeah. <laughs> sorry,
1: Amir is the other twin.
0: Amir and Almon.
3: Uh, Asur or whatever. Is it Asur? Yeah. Oh my gosh, it. I'm such an idiot. Sorry.
0: I just call call the offensive one and the defensive one. That's what I yeah. say.
1: Um, so <laughs> you've got Wimby, Scoot, and Amen. Are are your top three? Um, Brandon Miller has been pushing up really, really high recently. Um, you got the one kid from Arkansas who just played his first game. Um, Nick Smith, what? Nick Smith, Nick Smith. Yes. Who just played his first game this year. He's supposed to go. Um, and so it's, it's really tough. Um, I kind of have our alternative take that we talked about in a couple podcasts ago, I think if we don't make it into the top five, I think if we fall in six through 10, I think there's a good chance we trade down or out of the six to 10 spot for draft capital Um, just because I think people are going to be so desperate to get in to the top 10 that they're going to sell the farm to get there. And I think the talent between six and 15 is so similar um, that the value that you can get out of it is very similar. I think that there's a lot of options to to trade down. But I would love to get Brandon Miller. Um, The other Thompson twin would be awesome, anywhere between 6 to 15.
0: I'm on NBA uh, 2023 draft, so the top five right now are, obviously, Wemby, Scoot Henderson going to Houston, Amon Thompson going to Charlotte Hornets, Nick Smith Jr. from Arkansas going to Orlando Magic, and then Cam Wittenmore from Villanova going to New Orleans. So, after that, you've got Anthony Black would go six. Kaysen Wallace, which he, man, I watched him. He's nice from Kentucky. Um, really good defensively and can score, uh, shoot the three. They have him going to Miami. Brandon Miller would go eighth. So, I, I man, Derek Whitehead at Duke. Would go nine.
3: They also have us taking two centers in that draft, if I'm not mistaken. No,
0: that was another one that I saw. So let me go to the three draft picks. I'm going to start at the lowest one here. the The 27th pick, they have us projected to take Jalen Wilson from Kansas. It says one of college basketball's top scorers, 24 and a half points a game. Wilson has been aggressive attacking transition defenses, closeouts, and ball screens at six eight. He's an excellent he's excellent at finishing in the lane. So if the signs of shooting improvement continue in conference play, Wilson should have a first round case. So, I think
3: he reminds me of DJ Wilson. Do you remember do you guys remember DJ Wilson? He got taken by the Bucs like a few years back.
0: No, I don't remember him.
1: He,
3: he played for Michigan. He was like a stocky wing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He scored like he he played really well collegiately, but once he got to the NBA, it was just kind of, I don't know. He He had a hard time finding minutes. And he kind of reminds me of him, but I think with the way now our NBA development is, is – It'll probably be better than that.
0: See, here's the guy that I really like uh, is Jet Howard, uh, Juan Howard's son at Michigan. And in this one, they have him going 18th. Um, but I've seen a few where he goes a little bit earlier in the Jazz pick him. It says, Howard has immediately caught Scouts' attention with his shot-making and scoring insti- instincts for 6'8 wing. Though not the most creative score he's produced with Michigan's offense, making jumpers and good decisions in terms of when to attack or move the ball. And he's just a big body. His dad used to play in the NBA. His dad's coaching him at Michigan. I just think mentally he is going to be one that is uh, really NBA ready. Um, The next one it has, and see, this is is the one I'm struggling with because I haven't really watched him that much. It says this would be via the Sixers. Uh, Khalil Ware from Oregon, and he's a center. I don't like Khalil Ware. Yeah, I'm with you, man. We've had people on here, though, that have really been high on him for some reason, and I I haven't watched him enough.
1: Here's why I don't like Khalil Ware. To me, he's a less offensively polished version of Kessler. He brings, to me, he brings the same thing Kessler brings, but he doesn't have the same offensive polish that Kessler does.
0: Yeah, and see, the the reason I see us drafting the center is because we really don't have a backup center. Like, Olenek is not a center. Vanderbilt's not a center. Rudy Gay's not a center. Markin's really, not a center. He He's a power forward or a, a, a small forward, in my mind. So that would be the one thing I could see us doing, but honestly, if we're going to take a center, I'd rather do it with one of our later picks, not one of the higher
3: picks. Also in the lottery, we're not going to take a backup center in the lottery. No, And
1: and, and honestly, why do we need a backup center for next year? I mean, I know that not everybody's high on Donk, but he can play backup center while we're still bad.
0: But Donka Donk?
1: We don't need (laughs) to invest. In Like you said, a lottery backup center for at least another year or so because we can develop Kessler to be a starting center and then sign a backup. I mean, freaking Whitehead's still out there unsigned or whoever we had last, Whiteside. Whiteside.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> don't mean, bring Whiteside back. <laughs> but
1: I'm saying if we need a backup center, like...
0: Go find Fasenko and sign him. That's <laughs> 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 like emotional head
1: case, dude. <sighs> I know. I mean, but there's, there's always guys out there. Like, look what freaking um, um, Magic got Bola Bola for
3: practically nothing. And look dude, what he's doing. oh
0: my gosh. How did he go unnoticed? We also have Kelly Olinick, who is like, you know, I'm not going to sit
3: here and say he's a starting NBA center. <laughs> he's he goes off every now and then, but like,
0: yeah. And I've actually made the case for him to be with the second unit. I think he would do really, really well with the second unit. Um, After watching tonight's game, you kind of see how important he is uh, with running our offense and really setting the, the pick and roll. Uh, You know, they get him the ball up top and then he's able to make the decision whether to hand it off or, or roll. And that's kind of, what I got, our offense is ran through Kelly Olenek by re- giving him the first pass and then letting him make a decision.
2: Um, I know that I
1: kind of got sidetracked, but, but back to your original question, New Wave. If we fall in that 6-10 to 10 and we take the draft pick, dreams come true. If I can get Brandon Miller or Anthony Black, I'm happy. Like I don't, I don't even care who else we draft in the draft. Those are the two. That if they're there six to ten, and I can get one of those two, my preference would be Black and then Miller. But I would love to pick up Anthony Black. So and he's kind of in that six to ten range, I would. I think he would be a steal in six to ten. And on deal.
0: this draft, they've got Brandon Miller going eight, and then Anthony Black. Where is he? Is he before that?
1: I've seen him mocked to us.
0: Oh so yeah, sixth. There. They've got Anthony Black six. I really like Anthony Black.
1: It depends on the draft you're looking at, because I'm looking at um, a a draft right now that has Black going 11 and Miller going fifth.
2: So it it depends on who
1: you look at. Like, they they vary back and forth. I think Tankathon put – he has – like, they have Brandon Miller going as high as fourth I've seen. Well, I'm looking at Tankathon right now, and with Nick Smith (laughs) now playing, Nick Smith moved ahead of Brandon Miller. And uh, Brandon's
0: down to five. So I want to hit on this other draft pick that they have on here for the Utah Jazz. It would be the 13th pick via the Timberwolves, which that seems most likely to be our highest draft pick at the moment. Um, They have us drafting Keontae George from Baylor. He's a freshman. Uh, says, with high uses and tough schedule early, George has had mixed performances, though the pros still outweigh the lows. NBA teams will see translatable shot-making in his shooting, versatility, and ability to elevate over defenders, while his burst-splitting defenses and screens should continue to work at the NBA level. His five assists per game have also been noteworthy and highlight real combo guard playmaking ability Improving his shot selection and in between game will help George avoid turning some scouts So you're off. asking me to take an undersized combo guard from Baylor? Well, they have uh, uh, the the uh, the thing is, if we're 13, and let's say that this is real, they have the other Thompson twin going at 15. Uh, I'd rather just take my chances on the Thompson. Oh yeah,
1: the other both Thompson twins, I think, will go on the top.
0: Eight. I do too. What about Grady Dick?
1: Love him. Love, Love Grady him. Dick. Love him. But I don't know, but I'm, I'm trying to figure why. I'm just trying to figure out why he doesn't project very well. Um,
3: Grace and Allen 2.0. Dude, I
0: I feel like he's Alan a little and bit of Grayson Allen and Tyler Hero mixed together.
3: Yeah, I I'm think not, he's a less injury porn, like a less injury prone Gordon Hayward.
0: Yeah, he seems he seems really physical, and uh, honestly knows where to be, and like his IQ is really high. Obviously, he can shoot um, six eight wing as well. So it, it seems like this draft class is just loaded with big players, like six eight wings.
1: I mean, I will I will never pass on a freshman out of Kansas. Like they know how to turn out their one and duns there. Like, like I, I'm not I'm not going to pass on them. Have they you- do well there.
3: The
0: stuff that I've been reading. Oh, what if we got Dylan Mitchell, and then we could have another Mitchell that wears forty-five. He's from Texas. I know a lot of people have been high on him too, but um.
3: Super raw. Uh,
0: super is he?
3: raw. But so was Donovan when we got him. So
0: so out of let's just say from the I don't know fifteen to twenty-five range. Like, who is your favorite player that you want?
3: Anthony Black, easily.
0: Yeah, but he's going to go top 10.
1: There's no way he goes out that way. So
0: Yeah, he's top 10.
1: So, I, I mean, this is, this is going to sound very, very biased, but uh, Terrence Shannon Jr. Um, out of Illinois, he's a shooting guard. What I like about him, he's a senior, so he's a four-year guy. He'll be able to come in, make an immediate impact. He's an up and comer. Um, the kid can shoot the ball like crazy. I watch a lot of Illinois basketball.
0: Dude, he's not even on this draft.
1: It's because he's an up and comer. Like he'll, he'll be there, I promise you. He's a top 25 project. He's going to be in that 18 to 25 range. Um, he's already starting to show up in Tankathon. Um, but
2: oh here I, he is
0: I, he's got wait it's not coleman hawkins is that who you said
1: no, no terrence shannon jr
0: so what? Uh, so coleman hawkins is on illinois as well power forward center you think that yeah. terrence jr is going to go ahead of him
1: i, I do like he's only tw- he'll be 23 when he enters the draft so he's a little bit older he's a senior so he's kind of like abaje But yeah. um he he's got great hands fast hands. He, um, he can shoot the ball. And, and I think if you're going to be drafting a bunch of rookies, I think you have to get one that's got a little bit more experience. I don't think you want three freshmen or, or, or three freshmen or t- two freshmen and a sophomore. I think if, you, if you're taking
3: three Kevin, this
0: I dude's think- not even in the top 60 on this draft that I'm looking at. Have you guys telling seen you, that step uh, that from draft Purdue night, putting be in the top twenty-five.
3: Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to talk over you. Go ahead. Oh, no. I was just going to say, have you seen that center for Purdue putting up stupid numbers?
0: Oh, yeah. The big white kid that he would... Like dude, Eddie is he, or whatever? He's a senior, isn't he? He is massive. So.
3: He's massive, and he's putting up like consistently like 25 and 10.
0: So they're ranked number one in the nation right now, Purdue. I, I would take him, uh, especially if it's a back... Like, imagine him. You could have... Uh, you could have him and Kessler on the floor and bring back like a David Robinson and uh, Tim Duncan type duo. Oh, that'd be awesome. Bring back old school basketball.
3: I don't know if that works with, we tried that with Derek Favors and Rudy Gobert, and I don't know if that works in the modern NBA. Yeah,
0: but if you have got two offen- two guys that can offensively, you know, score, can can this, uh, well, I don't know. I think that kid can shoot from like the free throw free throw line right like 15 feet out
3: yeah look up like look up like actual game tape on on him
0: what's his name again
3: it's like something eddie he plays for eddie purdue yeah he plays for
0: i know because i remember watching him last year in march madness what what's his name zach Zach Eddie. eddie oh let's go zach eddie
3: i would love to take him like at the back end of like the first round man he's a monster and he's built, like, he's built, like, freight train.
0: How big is he? he seven, four? Seven four? Let's go, Zach Eddy! He, he's, he's not even projected in the top 60, though.
3: What? No, he's not. Does he, he, he does he's he's like He's consistently windy? putting up, like, oh, absolutely not. But he's consistently like putting up, like, 23 and 10. But who, who has Purdue played so far this year? they played anybody of consequence?
0: Who cares? He's 7-4.
3: Oh, they beat Duke and Gonzaga? Wow. I mean, the ranked were number one in the nation. you got to beat somebody to do that. So he put 20... Oh,
0: put sorry, 20... guys. He put 23 up against
3: Gonzaga and 21 up against Duke. He had a double-double against Duke. Wow. Dukey boys. Man, since Coach K left, Duke is really just having a rough go at things. Oh, I forgot Coach K's not there
0: yeah. anymore. <laughs> I've heard that Coach Calipari's on the chopping block. In Kentucky? Yeah.
1: Yeah, Now, and, and, well, I mean, I don't know if he's on the chopping block, but with the rumors of them getting rid of the one and done and him, you know, building his whole entire program around that, there's a lot of people, whispers that he may just leave because that's his whole entire program is built around
0: one and the done. successful
1: one and done and he may not want to continue
0: well yeah because next year it's going to be gone
1: yeah and it's already starting to struggle with the g-league like he's lost a lot of recruits
3: to the g-league a lot
0: oh man i'm watching this zach eddie and ignite, i like
3: ignite is like ignite's doing work i'm not gonna lie like the g-league ignite they are doing work as far as like uh as far as prospects go because they are like come over here we'll pay you You'll, get, you'll be drafted super high.
1: <laughs> well, and, and, and Scoot was a Kentucky commit at like 14 or 15, like when he was super young. Like he was supposed to go to Kentucky until the G League became a thing. Have you guys seen much of Leonard Miller that plays for them? Who's
3: projected towards the, like I think he's projected towards the end of the first round.
0: See, what would you think? rather take a college kid or someone from the G League? Because the trend lately in these last few drafts are G League players, and um, maybe they're playing against higher um, competition. Against NBA talent. Yeah, yeah. So their game translates a little better because you've got a lot of ex-NBA players or or guys on the fringe. Butler's there. Saban Lee's there now. Um, so you know, what do you think that the the draft strategy? I mean, it's got to be it's got to be trending towards taking G League guys.
1: It's yeah. definitely transitioning. I still feel pretty. I still feel pretty confident taking. I still think the competition in college is um, stronger right now than the G League. But in another three or four years, I don't think that'll be the case. Why? Because I I don't think I don't think Azir Thompson is averaging four steals a game in college. Do you think uh do you think March Madness is gonna continue to be
3: as like exciting as it has been with the rise of like the G League and all these other
0: leagues? Yeah, I, I think that will never in, in my opinion, I think that will never go away. Just because it's a tournament, it's it's the, the format of the the tournament that makes it so exciting. Maybe you're not gonna have the the best players, but you're still gonna have players laying it all out on the line. And
1: I actually think it'll be more exciting because I think you're going to see more upsets because I don't think you're going to see these super top-heavy teams that are just stacked full of talent. Yeah,
0: like but, but that's, why the, that's why the, the tournament's so great is because you do have these top-heavy teams and they get beat.
1: But you're gonna, But the thing about it is, is like you're going to see number one seeds going down in the first and
0: second round now. And Beautiful tonight. baby <laughs> I, I I don't think that, personally I don't think it'll ever go away. I don't even watch a ton of college basketball throughout the year, but once March madness goes on, that's like christmas i take I take those first four days off of work and just get a get two or three screens going, cook me up some ribs. oh, it's a party
1: especially when they have the tournament in salt lake i go I buy the two day pass and go hang out. Down at the Vivin Arena for two days,
0: and yeah, and plus there's so many people that bet on those games. Like that's p- another I reason. Like,
3: I live like ten minutes from from Viv. It's the it's just great. When even summer league,
0: yeah, they're fantastic. So can we come park at your place when we come to games? Is what you're saying? Go for it. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have more than one parking spot?
3: I don't, but there's plenty of street parking.
0: Are you up uh, in the boulevard? Or?
3: As long as you don't park around here during, like, like when the U is playing, good Lord.
0: Yeah. No, honestly, I, I just went to the uh, New Orleans Pelicans game in overtime, and that South Gar- – uh, I don't know if I want to say this. The South Garage, I didn't even have to pay. They just let me out, so it's right no, across. Right. I, oh, so, I uh, – so I work at the uh, –
3: I'm a butcher for, like the, like, the Whole Foods in Trolley Square. Mm-hmm. I actually had a conversation with – I've been waiting to talk to other jazz fans about this because
0: – Here we are, baby.
3: Um, I had a conversation with Johnny Juzang. Oh, really? He came, he came in, and I actually had a conversation with him and asked him how he liked it here, and he was, he was, he was the coolest guy of all time and was just like, man – I love it here. It's beautiful. Like he was, he had nothing but good things to say about Utah. And he was like, I love it here. I'm from California. So experiencing winter is fantastic.
1: And he, he was just like, like he's like, when I go home to LA, it's weird because it's like, I can't sleep. It's like noisy and awful. (laughs) And, And here it's like, I sleep like a baby because everything is just crickets. That, that excites me so much to hear you say that I would have lost my crap to have a conversation with him um because i I'm a big drafty guy and when he went undrafted i I was floored like he was my number one undrafted guy from this past draft like i I just couldn't believe nobody picked him up
3: and when the jazz got him i i told him I was so happy that the jazz picked him up because he's one of my favorite college players and he was just he was just the most humble guy I've ever I've ever met.
0: Is I, he I is he going to be a piece moving forward? Can he develop into a piece?
1: I think. You saw my list. You saw where I ranked him on <laughs>
0: my future
3: draft picks, and you all made fun of me. But
0: yeah, but he, he hasn't played a minute.
3: But if he was you guys first talent that year. That he went crazy in March Madness. Yeah, I mean, if you I
0: guys remember watched,
3: him, if you watched ULC, U, U, U,
1: UCLA play. You know this boy has
0: talent. Yeah, but so did Jared Butler, and so did Trey Burke, and they were. No no, no,
1: no, no. But he's got the size to go with the talent.
0: So like, does like, he? Will he play significant minutes this year, or is it going to be next year?
3: Next It'll year probably be next year. All right,
0: then let's move on from Johnny. <laughs> so I, I, I want to try something out, guys. I have a highlight reel of Zach Eddy. Uh, playing Villanova. is. Does anyone have access to YouTube? Because we are streaming live on YouTube, and I'm going to play this on there right now so we can talk about it.
3: When did you I guarantee st- you I've already watched it.
0: I'm sure you have, but... When I, did you
1: start streaming? I went up on your
0: Bro, channel. I've been streaming this whole time.
1: It's not showing on YouTube.
0: No, don't say that to me.
1: I'm on your channel right now, and there's, it's, I don't see a link to anything live right now.
0: It says, oh my gosh. It says I, notify me. I is haven't been streaming this whole podcast? time. Here we go. The stream's starting now. <laughs> well, dang it.
3: Is, it. is it just the same name, Jazz Basketball Podcast? Jazzketball. Like oh, yeah. Jazzketball.
0: Yes. Yeah, so... I should be streaming now, dude you know what the funny thing is is I even created another scene watch I created another scene to move back and forth this whole time I've been clicking back and forth between scenes to keep people entertained on YouTube and no one has been watching.
3: because
1: <laughs> I, I went to go to the channel because I wanted to see if you removed the delay this
0: time. Oh it is recording the video though so at least I can upload the video to YouTube. dang it dude that sucks. so is it working now?
1: Yeah, let me mute myself so I can see if there's a delay in
0: the voice. Yeah, and, and leave—you uh, know what else is funny? I've been chatting with no one as well, just saying, Hi, everyone. Feel free to leave a comment. Yeah, <laughs> a Hi, Dallin.
1: There's still like a 30—there's still like a 20-second delay or whatnot, but
0: yeah. All right, so— I
3: told you, though, this kid is a monster.
0: Okay, you guys ready? Are Are you guys both on—Dallin's on there. Kevin, are you on YouTube? Let's, let's bump this up to four viewers, three viewers. It's hilarious how, when the Jazz lose, nobody gets on these.
3: Uh, it's going to take, take me off. I'm doing it off, this all on my phone, so it's going to take me off of Twitter if I... Uh...
0: Yeah, that's fine. Just do it for a little bit. Leave your comments, because I kind of want to test out my chat on YouTube. So uh, you can either mute yourself or just get off and then come back on this, whatever works.
3: Yeah, sounds good.
0: I'll give you like thirty seconds uh, to get on. I'm gonna look at some other stats from tonight's game. Mm, no, I'm not. Why? Why? Why even hash out this twenty-point yeah, loss? Why, why,
1: why torture? Why torture us? Uh, well,
0: what we'll do until we wait for him is we're gonna go around the association. Right now, we've got Milwaukee uh, just about to beat New Orleans Pelicans. Not by as much as they beat us, but they're up by eight. Portland is losing to Oklahoma City by two with five seconds left. Oh does someone have league pass? Man, that'd be a good one. I know Dallin has league pass. Uh the Lakers are losing big to the Phoenix Suns by 20 in the third quarter. Uh eight minutes to go in the third.
1: We're ready. Roll the roll the clip.
0: Segmental, blah, blah, blah. Here we go. We're rolling the clip, baby. Okay. I mean, he's huge. I don't know if that's just going to. Tra- uh, left hand? Is he left handed?
3: Left handed. What's up, Alex?
0: Yeah, can he, can he take it to Joel and Bead is the real question. Like,
1: no way, because Joel and Bead will just take him to fifteen feet and say
0: goodbye. Buddy. Oh, I know, because like he's got a gu- Like the guy guarding him isn't that big. This dude is massive, though. He moves pretty good for a seven-four guy. I just feel like he's a little bit slow, and people are gonna just yep. That's my ball. Yep, that's my ball. He's got a good little left hand jump shot. If he could get like a hook shot, unstoppable hook shot. Yeah, bro, you need to to keep those guys on your back. He's got good hands for his size. This kid is an absolute monster, Alex says
2: out on the screen, the screen
0: Alex if the, is there a better highlight video that we can watch leave it in the chat and I'll play that one next this one is a year old so might not be the most recent man I'm starting to get heartburn. The front end of the hey guys, I'm I'm editing the Twitter spaces and then we could just you guys can just chat me through the uh YouTube and uh yeah, it'll be fun that way. I just want to try this out, so see ya.
2: Stefanovich
3: fonts <laughs> throws
1: it down the
3: free throw line, and that's been a big part of the story here today.